Welcome to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari Shrike, the artist and creator behind Not Sorry Art and Not Sorry Art School. I'm so excited to talk art and creativity with you. So grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's dive in. This episode of the Not Sorry Art Podcast is brought to you by Not Sorry Art School. Not Sorry Art School is my online art school I created two and a half years ago to supplement my workshop teaching when the pandemic hit. It became a really great resource where I could put all of my knowledge about representational painting into one space. We add one new section or demo every quarter to Not Sorry Art School and you don't have to pay a membership fee, you pay one time and then you get access to all of the past videos and all future videos. Not Sorry Art School has an online Facebook group where I have office hours every Monday and I answer questions within the Not Sorry Art School Facebook group. And there's also a wonderful sense of community on there where people will share their paintings and get great consensual feedback. I'm really excited about Not Sorry Art School. So if you're interested, make sure to click the link and check out the about page to learn more about Not Sorry Art School. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari. Thanks for being here. Today's episode is about feeling misunderstood as an artist, specifically feeling misunderstood as an artist as it pertains to showing up on social media. Now, a few weeks ago when I first had the idea for this episode, I naively thought I could just call it feeling misunderstood as an artist <laughs> open-endedly and cover it in 30 minutes, but many notes on my notes app in my phone later and I realized that it is way too broad of a subject. So I wanted to sort of really back in and talk about feeling misunderstood specifically as an artist on social media. Now he, we know as artists to some degree that you cannot control how other people see, feel, interpret your artwork. That is not the goal in fact which I feel like it should feel obvious. Unfortunately for me, I feel like it took a few years before I kind of got that across. You know, for me, I will say personally, I was drawn to art because I struggled in communicating how I felt on the inside as a kid. I struggled with dyslexia, didn't learn how to read until pretty close to fifth grade, at least fluently. And writing, I would argue that I didn't really get a hold of it until college. <laughs> so between those two things, Art has always seemed like a better outlet. You know, that being said, no matter how much you hone your craft, no matter how many years of communicating with visuals you have under your belt, you are going to be misunderstood. And today I specifically wanted to talk about what that looks like on social media. And the thing that sort of adds another layer to this conversation is being seen on social media is often an act of having to sort of condense yourself down and be a little bit palatable or flashy in a way that maybe isn't a hundred percent genuine to what you're trying to do in order to get seen and and what is and what does that mean what does that feel like I'm going to explain it more in detail in a little bit but I wanted to offer a little bit of advice some of these themes might seem familiar as I brushed upon them a little bit in my niching down episode, but today I wanted to deal more with how do you deal with those uncomfortable emotions, how I deal with them, and more specifically just thought exercises and reframing tools that you can use to help you understand how to approach that, that risk 
of when you share your art, when you show up on social media. You can't always show up with a painting in a gallery setting with an artist statement that isn't going to attract. It's not, I will say personally, it, from my experience, it's not a solid strategy. I wish it was. I wish you could just show up with your artist statement and you could just show up with your art and that could be enough. But social media is a beast. It is a, you know, full-time job to just be seen. And sometimes we risk feeling a little misunderstood to play the game. So I'm going to talk through that. If that sounds interesting to you, then stay tuned. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So to reel it back a little bit, recently I sat down with one of my buddies who is an entrepreneur. She has started multiple businesses and we had kind of a chat about just life and social media, a Zoom coffee date, if you will. And we were asking each other questions and she asked me like, how do you deal with the niching down conversation you know on one hand there's people this is her saying this there are people who I respect tremendously who say the last thing you should do is niche down and she says and there's other people who I respect tremendously who say niching down is important like how do you split the difference what do you do and you know the answer is never as simple as one or the other is right unfortunately we live in a world where both of those things are very right and the way I sort of go about cutting the difference and sorting it myself is understanding that there is a little bit of a duality to making talking about and sharing my artwork now I've talked about this in my social media marketing course I think maybe I've mentioned it in a podcast before but it's a principle that I sort of live and die by which is that you have to wear multiple hats as a small business owner full stop But I would say specifically as an artist who shares their work on social media, there's two major hats, jobs, perspectives that I have to sort of juggle and I would argue not at the same time, but I have to juggle them both to be good at my job. And one of those is the artist hat. So the artist hat really doesn't care what other people think about my art. It's aware. It's it's mindful that I'm communicating visually, but the most important thing is that I'm to the best of my ability, synthesizing and analyzing and creating artfully a piece of work, a painting, whatever, that best represents what I'm trying to communicate with my artwork. And the other part of me is the marketing part of me. And I have tremendous respect for marketers. I think in its own way, it's very art adjacent. Someone could probably make an argument to me that a really good marketer is in fact performing some sort of art. And I know like the anti-capitalist in my bones is is, like cringing at that, but I really think maybe it's because I love Mad Men, but (laughs) I really think that there is a tremendous amount of skill. And I will at least say like artisanal effort that can go into a good marketing campaign. But the goal of marketing, Sari, is different. The goal of marketing Sari is very keyed in to how things play and is very keyed in to metrics and analytics and knowing what does best on the apps. Marketing Sari is always, you know, knee deep in in analytics and trends and watches YouTube trend video and stays caught up on Adam Mosseri's most recent videos and knows what's going on. And is very externally focused and aware. And the tricky thing is that whenever you are sitting at your easel, you have to be able to shut off marketing, Sari. 
you know, the first time I sort of encountered this was when I became very aware a long time ago on Instagram when the culture was sort of in a way where National Pie Day or National Macaroni and Cheese Day or National Daughter Day, those were all the trend, if you can remember back. It was like a huge deal. And you could get a lot of traction and visibility if you sort of catered to those national holidays. I'm using air quotes. (laughs) They can be very silly. Um, And so I remember whenever I would think about what I wanted to make, a lot of times that would be the first thing that would cross my mind. Now, it's fun every once in a while. Another analogy I give for this in my social media marketing course is that it's like dessert and that it's great, it's fun, it can be really a great part of your, you know, quote, diet here. But, you know, you can't just have Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) You can't just have butter pecan ice cream, you know. But it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's immoral to have it. It's just it can't be everything you sustain yourself on. And so whenever I was making art, I remember thinking you have to stop thinking about at all what will do well on social media. And what this created was a more freeing creative practice. I didn't have to think about those things. I literally would, it was effort. It is still a, to some degree effort, but I don't think about how it will do. I sort of say that is marketing series problem and I kick the ball down the road. Now the challenge of that is when you don't consider your marketing self, by the time your artwork gets to the marketing part of yourself, or in my case, marketing series, marketing series job is a little bit harder. <laughs> You know, how do I take this like gilded cheese ball painting with patterns and make it perform on a platform that has the average attention span of like less than a second? Like how do I get people who even like you and follow you to know and care for this piece of content? And, you know, the challenge of that is that sometimes you have to flatten down what you're doing a little bit and make it more palatable. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes Art Sari is pretty indignant about this and does not like that move because all Art Sari wants to do is tell everyone the meaning behind it and the purpose and make sure everyone understands exactly what I'm saying. And Marketing Sari wants me to be able to sell prints so that I can continue to make art. And so they're often at odds with each other, which to get back to the beginning of this whole conversation and to my friend's question is both are true. To niche down at the easel is a complete detriment. It is not good. It's not helpful. However, to completely throw niching down out the window when you don't have a built-in audience, when you don't have traction, when you don't have the luxury of being of, of bombing for five months straight on social media, whenever you have more to risk, you know, and that could be all sorts of things. That could be you're not in a financial place to risk your social media account. That could be, you know, you're 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 marginalized, you haven't found gallery representation yet, you're still working towards those things. You can't completely ignore the part of yourself that says your work deserves getting out to people. And so that is where the yes and no answer lies. And I know nobody likes a yes and no answer because unfortunately it takes, um, you know, nuance and gray area and, you know, the undulating shades of gray that comes with that to navigate. But I do think having that dynamic of there's two parts of you with two different hats and two different motives I think that that dynamic can be helpful because the answer could be one thing when you're at your easel and something else when you're posting. And I think the balance you strike when you separate those two things out 
for me anyways, personally, has been a good balance. And I will say also, you might learn that you can't sleep at night well when you just lean into marketing you. And so you pull that part of you back. Or maybe your bank account doesn't like when you just lean into art you. And you pull that side back, well, at least when you're making your, your, your posts. And that's something that I think we hone over years and I certainly can't tell you how to do that and I certainly don't have it 100% figured out. But that's kind of how I think about things. And it reminded me of something else that's happening on social media. I try to keep these episodes <laughs> pretty like evergreen to the best of my ability. But something that's been happening in the last few weeks on TikTok is there's this duo girl group. They are so cute. Um, but the name is Fly and a Boss. <laughs> Fly and a Boss. I will link um, them in the show notes because I'm absolutely positive that I'm getting that wrong. But it's this adorable duo and they're two young um, singer rappers and they found this cool trend where they're running and it's like the head stabilized video effect and the song is catchy. It's so catchy and it's just very cute. Like it's, I don't know, wholesome, awesome, cute. I love it. It's, It's been stuck in my head. So of course I was introduced to them you know, and then like anything on social media, what goes up must come down. So the internet I saw, and I usually only consider it a trend once I've seen it a handful of times, but there was several videos I saw where people were kind of dunking on these two girls for being gimmicky, for it being overplayed, for their talent not supporting the airtime they're getting, and just, you know, the internet. I don't agree with any of those takes at all. But I felt myself getting incredibly defensive about it. And when I went on a walk and sort of parsed it out, I I recognized the fact that what they're trying to do is something that I struggle with deeply. And that is exactly what I just talked to you guys about. So one word that makes me bristle (laughs) and like I I hate this word is the word gimmick. The word gimmick, the definition is a trick or device intended to attract attention, publicity, or business. So I I always, you know, and for, for further context, to me it always feels, you know, it's kind of shallow, it's not substantive. The attention is not supported by sort of an agreed upon amount of worth per the, you know, explosion and attention that the uh, particular stunt elicits. Anyways, and I, I think of this a lot because I've had bodies of work that have been very deep for me anyways, you know, it's been me metabolizing, you know, poverty and trauma and, you know, being a a young woman today and all of those sort of things I've parsed out through my artwork with my Teenage Still Life series and my series about poverty. But I am a person on social media and I also use my social media a bit like a sketchbook and a journal. And so I have made entire bodies of works about memes, which I will say is a little deeper than it maybe comes off initially. I've had a series where I... I make content and artwork about screens and all, all kinds of things. And then just silly, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's National Pie Day. I painted a pie. It's literally that deep kind of, um, of content. And I always get really anxious, especially the artist side of me, <laughs> because I feel like it's in some way cheapening out and watering down my brand and I won't be taken seriously. And it always kind of stresses me out because the truth of it is, if not, if I didn't lean into some things that were more attention than maybe the effort put in, again, kind of echoes the definition of gimmick, 
If not for those things, I wouldn't be able to cast a wide enough net of views and follows to find those true fans, the true followers, the people who like get what I'm trying to say, you know, who artist Sari wearing the artist hat could go get coffee with and, and click with. I wouldn't find that handful of people who help my, my career, my business and make what I do possible and worth it if not for my ability to every once in a while cast a wide net. And I will say kind of getting back to the fly in a boss ladies is that they from what it appears and maybe I'm wrong maybe this will age like milk but these are two women trying to break out in an industry that's incredibly hard and you know if they don't have connections if they're not the daughter of famous actresses and movie producers then sometimes you have to lean into a gimmick and you run the risk of that being misunderstood or having your first foray into the public eye be yes a sudden burst of fame followed quickly by condemnation that you don't have substance to live up to it and I know that that what they're experiencing is on a macro scale but I also know that as an artist even if it's on a micro scale a lot of us can fear that backlash that someone's going to point at our us and our attention and our attraction and say that our art doesn't deserve that amount of of eyes and viewers you know and, and whatever it is and I feel like it's that anxiety that ends up holding a lot of people back hey y'all I just put out a seven week free painting boot camp don't be intimidated we're not doing any kinds of burpees or running this boot camp is all for your painting muscles so in this boot camp it's seven days of quick bite-sized lessons between 20 and 30 minutes with assignments for each days and don't be intimidated by the assignments they have all different levels whenever I explain this I always try to get people to picture those 80s workout videos where they have the person in the middle doing the main exercise a beginner level and an expert level that's kind of how we set up the program so it'll meet you wherever you're at I'm really proud of this course so far people are absolutely loving it again it's free if you're interested please check out the show notes under free seven day painting boot camp in this boot camp we're learning the fundamentals of painting representationally things like composition drawing value color light and style so if that sounds interesting to you please check out the boot camp like I said it's free tell me if you enjoy it let me know I always appreciate all this feedback and as always happy painting and it kind of brings me to I think my last big point and then I'll tie a lot of this up is that when you aren't sort of born into a position or you haven't you know just graduated from a top MFA program in the U.S. and you know you had a studio tour with some big blue chip gallery and you've been plucked out of obscurity and now you've made it you're a household name you're you're great you're good to go if you haven't lived sort of those charmed existences which you could totally be a good artist and be a nepo baby you could totally be a good artist and graduate from one of those Yale programs and get plucked out of obscurity there's more there's I believe way more talent in the world than we sort of everyone gives ourselves credit for that being said if you do not have that charmed sort of foray into an art career you are often left to pander yourself a little bit to a gimmick here or there and I think what happens you know the part of the whole nepotism baby conversation or you know it could be contextualized as like a conversation around privilege is that when you have less access to privilege you have to rely on things that is often publicly viewed as like gimmicky or low you know think about the whole trope of like the waitress trying to bus tables in LA you know to get 
turned into a Hollywood actress, you know, if you can bypass that embarrassment, it's it's not only do you save yourself the trouble of that like anxiety and embarrassment, it adds to your your cool factor. And I just want to make sure you know, I know I'm talking mostly to artists, but you know, kind of if I could reach everyone is we can't add another barrier to regular people making it to regular artists getting the visibility they need to sell their artwork be if you have to lean into a gimmick, you aren't good because what that what happens with that is the only people you have left, the people who don't have to lean into gimmicks and who can be too cool for school and not have to do a fun creative TikTok trend are people who can afford to not take that risk. And I think for me, that becomes the scary thing. So again, if I'm talking to artists, you know, I want you to realize that a little bit of selling out is okay. <laughs> I know. Come back, Gen Xers. Don't run away. The handful of Gen Xers that are listening, please don't run away. I was raised by Gen Xers and I, my parents love saying stuff with sellouts. And, and so it's like that, again, another phrase that makes me bristle. But Selling out for an entity that you don't believe in for something, you know, a business, you're just drinking the corporate Kool-Aid and your whole life is, you know, whatever company you work at, you know, Aflac Insurance, whatever. You know, I get that. I get that. I'm not judging that, but I understand the hesitation to want to sell out in that direction. But if you're selling out for yourself and for your livelihood and for your ability to even have an attempt to make it as an artist, I would like you to, to know that being misunderstood as a bit of a sellout or someone who's gimmicky, like you owe yourself that risk. And also, I think a lot of times in hindsight, those sort of leaning into National Pie Day and leaning into a TikTok trend, if that's what got you to a place where you had a video blow up and it gained you 2,000 followers and of those 2,000 followers, three people ended up buying original artwork, that is a risk worth making. I will say here as a note of caution, as long as your risk doesn't encroach on someone else's like humanity or you're not doing something that, you know, could hurt hurt someone or harm someone's culture. Of course, I know I know I don't need to say this. I know I'm talking to adults, but, you know, there's also the intention versus impact conversation. I had that in my notes <laughs> and I just like the notes that could have been like a five hour podcast. Nobody wants that. But anyways, I would be remiss to not at least mention that. All this to say, this is turning into an episode where I basically wish I could have heard this a few years ago because to be honest with you, I felt the, you know, stress of like, you know, gosh, posting every single day. Aren't people going to think that I'm trying too hard or, you know, oh, oh gosh, doing leaning into this, you know, Instagram trend, you know, this art versus artist. Are people going to think I'm not a real artist? Like people who are signed to blue chip galleries don't do this. I, you know, I, I ended up doing all those things still. I still try really hard and I still do the occasional trend if it feels okay, if it doesn't feel totally against my like values or something. But I just, I struggle the whole way through it. I feel cringy when I'm doing it. I feel cringy when I'm not. And the the, the thing that ultimately I, I come to at the end every single time is you deserve the attempt at marketing, even if it's cringy. You know, somewhere out there, a more actualized version of yourself says, yeah, you know what? It's, you're going to have to post that because you deserve, you worked really hard on this artwork and it deserves a shot, you know? And so I think if I could convey that to anyone, if that's reassuring to anyone, then that's what I'm arguing. And, you know, I will say like, you probably have your own argument in the other direction. So I'm not making a case for both sides. Obviously there's a case against 
just doing cheapy, trendy, gimmicky things, um, you know, and I would say that the one part of that that I will reiterate here is this idea that I have whenever I go talk to big groups about social media marketing. I talk about this in my course for Not Sorry Art School, but it's this idea that's dance with the one that brung ya. <laughs> I know I mentioned that before. But, you know, every single piece of content you make can't just be new follower acquisition type content, aka a fun, cute, gimmicky trend where you're just trying to reach new people. You know, when you have a group of people, be it five people, 10, 100, 2,000, whatever, you know, make sure that you still honor that artist side of you. Put out the content that's basically a rework of your artist statement that explains what you're doing and who you are and, you know, gosh, wouldn't it be great if that also went viral? And I will say every once in a while it does viral within the confines of whatever that means to you. I'm saying that for myself too, like for, you know, it's all relative, but you know, as long as you're sort of, you're finding that balance and you're having that back and forth, then I think you're doing the right thing. It kind of brings me to sort of the last, you know, last idea I have here, which is to say that like with most decisions that are worth thinking through, that are worth having opinions on, that are worth talking about on a podcast, the answer to what the right thing to do, to niche down or to not niche down, to make the gimmicky content and risk, you know, your creative integrity or not. I I think any sort of nuanced (laughs) conversation is, it's never going to have a clean answer. It's always going to be a couple of really good questions for either side and you're going to have to sort of play it day by day and I think that that's you know where that falls so you know it's kind of like I've said with other things you know I always have this qualm about like being environmentally friendly in my practice versus making sure that I I can even have a practice because of course the most environmentally friendly art practice is no art practice and so you know for me the answer isn't there's one right or wrong way to do everything in an eco-conscious way it's that every day I'm asking myself am I doing the best I can within the confines of what I have and I think that that sentiment applies to being misunderstood on social media and risking that and and you know coming off like a little bit of a sellout or someone who's doing something kind of gimmicky I think every day you take it day by day you evolve and I will say you know eventually you may get to a point where you don't need to lean into as much trendy stuff because you've got an audience or you know you you are at a place where you can kind of you don't have to grind so hard or whatever it looks like for you. You know, I'm not I'm not going to encourage everyone to go just go do TikTok trends. I'm just trying to to give everyone a little bit of peace in figuring out what that answer looks like for everyone. And finally, you know, the thing that comes up whenever you have you've reached sort of a stasis in a decision that isn't really one solid answer. It's sort of just like a couple of questions or a couple of versions of you wearing different hats and that's how you've sort of struck a medium for yourself. You know, whenever someone comes into your comment section and sort of says something that aligns with one of those two questions or one of those two sides, someone says, oh, this is awfully gimmicky. I hate when all these artists are doing these trends or whatever it's going to sting a little bit um unlike if you just were fully resolved to just like oh I'm just going to completely just do whatever I don't care what people think you know if you do hold a little bit of that hesitation which when we do something complex and nuanced we often do hold two truths at the same time that will sting a little bit I will say that from my own personal experience but it's okay to be aware that you can hold two truths within yourself I certainly think that that's what happens when you're an artist and you make artwork and it's not always met with complete understanding this can apply to a lot of things again I could have talked about this for hours I think I probably will make other podcasts about the feeling of being misunderstood because I think it just comes 
comes with the territory insert the meme of the little llama with the hair blown to the side and says what does it say I'm like I'm working on my art or like no one understands my art you know the typical artist um you know conundrum but uh with that I hope that you gained some insight I hope you feel a little more confident in how you show up on social media and the particular struggles that come with being a current artist or content creator or creative in any capacity on social media you can never be perfectly understood for what you're doing it's important that you understand what you're doing it's important that you know that you're doing the best you can in a complicated world and the less access to privilege you have the more you may have to lean into something that everyone culturally deems as being gimmicky or sellouty but you deserve the leg up you deserve the chance at people seeing your artwork so you know sleep a little easier tonight post that trendy little TikTok. You deserve the chance to be seen. My studio is almost literally 110 degrees, so I have to go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy. I hope it was a good listen. Thank you for everyone who has taken the time to leave a review on Apple Podcast. It's always incredibly helpful. And as always, if you take the time to write something, I will read off your handle on next week's episode. I appreciate you guys so much. And also just a reminder, the season ends at the end of August. We have two more book reviews with Megan E. Collins of the Manicured Shelf. I'm so excited for those. And then also I have a couple more interviews coming up. You're going to love them. And then I'm going to take a break until January 1st. That is my busy season. Also, as much as I absolutely love doing these podcasts, I hope you guys, I hope it resonates when I'm making these. As much as I love filming these, you know, I have little kids. I need to be off. I need to recuperate. I'm considering doing it with the whole art thing, (laughs) but there's never, never seems to be a good season to be off, right? You know what I mean? Thank you again. Have a great rest of your day. Happy creating. Thank you for listening.